This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. In a moment, we're going to welcome Ben Woodman. Ben Woodman is from Vancouver. Uh, he's really an, uh, a key player, an influencer with Alpha, not only Alpha Canada, but Alpha International. I've been around the world, and his face keeps popping up on screens and videos and training. And to know Ben is to know someone full of joy and a love for Christ. And him and his wife live in Vancouver. He's a great friend of ours. And I want to say, can we give him a huge Nova Church welcome? Ladies and gentlemen, preaching this morning, Ben Woodman. Oh, I love that. I, thanks for saying I'm full of joy. That's like the biggest compliment ever. You got to know what you walk into the room with, you know what I mean? But a better way to say that is you got to know what you walk into relationships with. And uh, I definitely have uh, more joy. Uh, and I don't blame myself. I blame God. I think it's a gift. And I'm just like, but you got to know what your gift is when you walk into the room, when you walk into relationships. So I know I bring enthusiasm for life and joy. And so if you need to borrow some of mine, you can have some, okay? So if you need some encouragement, you need some enthusiasm for life, just take some of mine. I got extra this morning. Uh, man, like you said, I'm from Vancouver. I'm Ben. Um, I'm married to my wife, Melissa. And we've been married for 12 years. And, uh, and we're still good friends. And, um, <laughs> and I, I'm so thankful to be with you guys here at Nova Church, but also in the East Coast. I love, I mean, ocean people, right? We get it, right? Like, like when you get to the middle, it gets kind of like, you, I start, like, the, the, the clock starts ticking till I got to get back to the ocean. And so when I landed here uh, last night late and then driving in this morning, I was like, I was like, these people get it. They get it. They get it. They're ocean people. And uh, every time I've been out here, I just love the hospitality. Thank you, Mike and Nance for, Nancy, for having me. And uh, the Dream Team. This is, I, what a setup. Hey, you guys are incredible. Thank you, Dream Team, for setting everything up and making everything happen. I'm just, wow. I was like, I saw, I, my, my Google Maps said I was still like two minutes away, and I, saw, I was starting to see flags for Nova Church. <laughs> Did you guys have that experience coming in? I'm like, wow. I'm like, I, so I'm like, oh, I don't need you, Google. <laughs> like I saw it. It still said two minutes away. I was like, well, I half used it still. Uh, guys, I want to speak to you uh, on the subject of whether or not you're loved this morning. And, uh, and just to jump to the end, I think you are loved. <laughs> I think you're, you're so, so loved. And uh, if you take notes, uh, I guess that's going to be the title of my message, You Are Loved. That's, it's just simple. And I want to speak to you from that subject. And uh, one of the theme verses on my heart and my mind is uh, from 1 John 4, 18. I wonder if we have that for the screen. Uh, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I love that. There's no fear in love. Because perfect love drives out fear. The image that comes to my mind is like over, like if you're washing dishes in the sink, like a pot or something, and there's some liquid in there. And you know the longer the water runs, and it, it's kind of a dirty dish analogy. Sorry to bring in dirty dishes imagery into your brain. Uh, and, but it like, you know, the water, longer the water runs, the clearer the water gets. That's how I feel like my heart and my life is, and I feel like that's for you as well. The more God pours love into my heart, the more it drives out the icky, sticky stuff, and it drives out, and fear is 
one of those big things. Uh, my plan this morning would be to tell you a little bit about my story. Uh, I want to share some of my favorite verses. And then I'd love to end our time together this morning with, uh, uh, by praying together. And uh, we'll stand together and we'll just wait on God and ask him to do, do some cool stuff. If you're here and you are like these people, and you're here for the first time, and you're like, what is up with these people? They're like singing, their hands are in the air, they're passionate. It's, yeah, like I think it's because most of us who are like going passionate is because God has done something in our hearts. And we're like, he's real. And even this idea of celebrating, even in the middle of pain, there was that song we were singing, um, Peace Be Still. I thought, that, wasn't that the funniest oxymoronic song ever? It's like, peace, be still. Right? Wasn't that, was that the only one who thought that was funny? I thought that was hilarious, but you know what's awesome is there's, it, I thought, yes, this is perfect. This is exactly what, the, it's kind of reminding me of one of my favorite Bible verses. There's that one in, um, there's this, and you might have seen it on a poster at your grandma's house, and if you are the grandma who has it at your house, I love you, and I love that you have this at your house. You know that one that says, um, it says, be still and know that I am God? Have you guys, you know that verse? It says, be still and know that I am God. But you know the verse actually is part of a song. It's part of Psalm 46, I believe it is. And it's part of a psalm. And the song is actually singing about, this is the words of the song. It says, when the nations rage. Or no, yeah, when the nations rage and the mountains are falling into the sea. And then he says, be still and know that I am God. It's like, wait, what? And, but usually it's a picture of you Google it. You can do this. You can try it right now even if you want. Is there free Wi-Fi here? Thank you, Halifax Western High School, for not having Wi-Fi for us. I got just looking for it. No, no Wi-Fi. So, sorry. But if you Google it, it's going to be an image of an eagle and a sunset. It's going to be really peaceful. Or maybe a cabin on a lake. But the Bible, the song that has that verse in it, actually says, it says, be still and know that I am God, even when the nations are in uproar, when the mountains are falling into the sea. It says when there's wars going on, be still and know that I'm God. And the, the Hebrew phrase for it is almost like, enough, that be still. It's enough, I'm God. But here's the crazy thing. In the, in the song, it doesn't say it's all going to stop. But there, I love that. Well, that's why I like that song because it was saying, peace here. You speak peace over me, peace over me, peace over me. And so I love that. That's a, that's a good, <laughs> keep hitting it hard because that's, the, that's, like, that's a really good representation, representation of like I'm on a different time zone, guys, okay? It's early in the morning for me. Uh, representation of life. Uh, let me say a prayer again, and then I'll jump into some of my story and some of my favorite verses. Uh, God, thank you so much uh, that I get to be with my friends and brothers and sisters at Nova Church today. Uh, we, uh, we welcome your presence. We already have been doing that. We say we love you. We're so grateful for what you're doing in our lives. We turn our hearts and attention to you, and we say we're listening, God. Speak, and help me as I speak. I pray for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, um, uh, Mike... Uh, and I, one of the things we have in common is not just that we're tall, skinny, white guys. I mean, he's a little bit skinnier than me, but also I think it looks like he works out maybe or something or exercises. But I heard your message last week, and it sounds like you don't work out. Uh, and so you're, ta- right? You're saying, like, what do you do with the thing? You're saying something like that. You're like, what do you, I don't know. And then you're like, oh, shoot, busted. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the other thing we share in common is also um, uh, Jeannie Mayo. So this lady in Atlanta right now is youth pastor for 100 years. And... Uh, 
I want to just tell you something about Jeannie Mayo that I started doing with my niece and nephew, uh, inspired by Jeannie Mayo and uh, my friend's Egyptian grandfather and uh, American sniper. So Jeannie Mayo, my friend's Egyptian grandfather and American sniper, uh, inspired me to, in how I interact with my uh, niece and nephew. I don't shoot them, if, just to jump to that part. Uh, but so... So Jeannie Mayo, she does this thing where she'll, like, she welcomes everybody into her home, and, she, and when she welcomes you into her home, she, she makes you line up. You can't sneak past her. She goes, get back in line, because she wants to greet everyone, and she looks you right in the eye, and she goes, oh, I just, she hugs you, and she goes, I just love you so much. You know that, right? I love you so much. And so from the side, when you're seeing this lady do this, she's looking people in the eye, and she's going, I love you so much. I'm like, oh, my, this is so cheesy, right? And sometimes cheese is a good thing. Like, I love goat cheese, right? But... <laughs> I'm like, this is so cheesy, right? And I'm watching her do this. I'm like, this is crazy. And then you get to your turn in line, and she looks you right in the eye, and she goes, I just love you so And it's like, I believe her. <laughs> Me? I hardly know you. Thank you. Start crying a little bit. Wow, that was powerful. And so then um, that's Jeannie Mayo. And then there's my Egyptian, uh, my friend's Egyptian grandfather, Papa, we called him. And he wanted everyone to call him Papa. He was one of those grandfathers who said, everyone call me Papa. And he called me grandson. And uh, he would say, oh, and he would, he had, I can't do an Egyptian accent, but I'm going to try because it was just so beautiful. He would go, oh, my precious grandson, my precious grandson. And then he'd go, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And I was like, whoa, thanks, Papa. And again, this kind of feeling of like, wow. And I know he's saying it to all these other guys who aren't really his grandkids either, but I'm like, it just feels so good. <laughs> and so you're like, how does an American Sniper fit in? Well, he, he, I was listening to American Sniper, the book, and, uh, and, and I listen to audiobooks, and I was listening to American Sniper, and there's this moment where he says, uh, him and his wife get in this argument because he's trying to discipline his two- or three-year-old son, and he says, I need my son to be able to look an adult in the eye, especially when I'm disciplining him. And so he does this thing where he says, hey, my, he's a two- or three-year-old son. Look me in the eye. Look at me in the eye. And his wife and I, him were arguing about it because it's like a bit much. He's a toddler. Come on, like relax a little. And right when that happened, I realized that I, uh, I, one of my roles in life is I'm an uncle. I'm Uncle Ben, like the rice, right? I'm like, I get to be, and, but I, I'm like, I'm going to take this role seriously. I'm going to be the best freaking uncle to Christian and Clara and Rose and Sebastian and Emerson and Cohen that I can be, right? And I'm a godfather too. I got a couple god babies, Molly and Elliot and Charlie. Elliot's a girl, so, and Charlie is too. They both have boy names. And the mom's name is Jordan, so that's why. It's just a theme in the family. <laughs> I think they're thinking maybe their resumes will get further in the pile. Uh, <clears throat> I hope not in this day and age, but maybe. I don't know what the, tr maybe it's just, it's just a cool thing. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, good save. I hope, I hope not. I hope not. No, that's not what we're about. <laughs> uh, and so, but I, American Sniper, I, I realized that I never looked Christian and Clara in the eyes. The other kids weren't alive yet. And I was like, oh my goodness, I hang out with them all the time. I tell them I love them, but I don't look them in the eye. They don't look me in the eye. So I started this thing about four years ago where can, if we've been hanging out for an extended period of time, I say, Christian, Clara, I say, come look at my face. I say, look at my face. I say, come here. And they're like, what? And when it started, it was kind of hard to get the hang of it. But I said, no, come here. And I put my hands on their shoulder. I said, look at my face. And, and, the, and kids, they don't, you don't think about it, how often you look at kids in the face. Not, maybe you already have this rhythm in your family. I didn't. And so I was like, wow, I never look at them in the face. I said, hey, look me in the eye. Look. But I would say, my face. Look at my face. And I'd get down and I'd say, I said, Christian, I love you so much. I just copy Papa. But I wouldn't do the accent. 
I said, I love you so much. Auntie Melissa and I love you so much. We're so proud of you. And then I start saying some things I saw him do that day that I'm, I'm proud of him, that, you know, actions I want to see repeated. Uh, he's so creative. You're so smart. Oh, I love your sense of humor. I love when you're helping Clara there. You're such a good big brother. I love you. know that, okay? You, I love you so much. Clara, I do the same thing. I love you, Clara. You're so smart. She's so insightful. She's a wicked smart memory. She's one of those kids who, like, you got to be careful what you talk about around her. You know what I'm talking about? You know the kind, right? Where she, and she know at a certain age, they figure out that they're not supposed to be listening, so they kind of pretend they're not listening, and it's like that's even scarier because you they're not looking, so they must not be paying attention. And then they're like, "Mom," and then they ask you questions, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, what?" Or they repeat things. And so Clara said, "Oh, you're so smart, you're so insightful. I love you. You know, Auntie Melissa, and I love you so much. We love you so much. We're so proud of you, right?" Best moment. A few months later, Christian just was eating it up. And, and there's this idea of love languages, and some of us really respond well to words of affirmation, right? And Christian, he would, sometimes he comes over. He's still now. He's older now. He's big. He kind of comes over, and he acts cool, but he kind of goes like this. <laughs> like, go ahead. I guess, sure, if you want to encourage me. Go ahead. <laughs> Clara, she's a bit different. I don't think it's her primary love language. And she says, and she comes over, and I remember it was like two years, or maybe even only like four months after I started. And I'm like, Clara, I love you so much. And she goes, you always tell me that. <laughs> and I was like, the moment, I was like, yes. I'm like, that's because I need you to know, Clara, I love you so much. And then recently this DJ Khaled song came out called I Love You So Much. DJ Khaled and Chance the Rapper, it's a song they dedicated to their kids. It's the funniest, awesomest song ever. You should find it. We should play it like as the service dismisses later. You should press play on I Love You So It goes like this. I love you so much. 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 And so now I sing that to my niece and nephew. And, but this is like, but something happened there where it's like, oh, man, the genie mayo, papanasm, and, he, they would, and then my American sniper, they said, this is how you can, you know, and interact with your niece and nephew. And I'm like, yes, that's how I'm going to do it. And I do that to my friends now, too. I, I'll give them a hug, and I'll try to make, meet their eyes. And if I feel it or if I know I'm committed to them, I'll say, hey, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. I'm committed to you. You know, I try to say I'm proud of you to my friends. And, uh, and it's significant, right? For me, the, it's, it's also this sense of I need that from God. I need that from people in my life, but there's something significant when God does it. There's this verse in Romans 8, I think it's 14, 15, uh, and it talks about how we haven't received a spirit of fear any longer that makes us fearful slaves. It, we've received a spirit of adoption that by the spirit that we've been given, when it's not a spirit of fear. And think about that. You can feel fear. This isn't, the Bible, a lot of times the doctrine or the theology of the Bible, it's not just meant to be stuff we agree with or think and agree with. It's stuff that we get to experience. And oftentimes my experience doesn't match up to what I read in the scripture. So that's where I'm trying to say, in my prayers, I pull it together. I say, God, I'm not experiencing this. I feel like I'm a fearful slave. I bring it, bring it together, and I'm saying that that's my prayer, is bring the, what I read in the Word, and in my experience, bring that together, the power that we see in the Bible. I'm saying, God, I want that to be real in my life today. Bring it together. So that's part of my prayers and my songs. I love singing these songs, man. These, there was a theme today, and it's a theme that, that has a lot to do with the message, too. The perfect love drives out fear, that you are loved. And a lot of stuff kind of ripples out of that. You are loved. There's an overflow. And this, this verse says, it's, it, we've received a spirit of adoption. And it says, by him we cry, Abba, Father. And they don't translate the word Abba. I don't, I don't really totally get it. Some people say, because it's just, it's just kind of like a papa or intimate. It's Aramaic. So the Bible is written in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And they don't translate that. They put Father. They put all the other words into English. But they leave Abba. So there's this idea, and it's not the band. It's not, is it, are they Swedish? Is that the Abba? 
Ah, take a chance, 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 chance. Um, you ever done a lip sync to that song? Super fun. Um, chicka chick, chicka chick, chicka chick, chick, chance. And they don't translate that word, but this, this, the Spirit of God, He doesn't give us fear. The Spirit of God, and, what is, and one of the big things that's connected to there, to there when it talks about fear is religion, religious systems. You're not meant to be afraid of God in that way. There's the idea of a fear of God, a reverence, respect, yes, but you're not meant to be afraid of God. It, you're meant to know that you're so deeply loved. And then it says, his spirit confirms with our spirit that we are children of God. So that's the, one of the main things that the Holy Spirit is doing. His number one goal, I think it's his number one goal in your life and my life, is that he would confirm in our hearts that we are loved. I'm trying to live, what, what year are we in, 2018? I'm trying to live 2018, that, that this time, uh, June, is that what month we're in? June 2019, that I'm more convinced of how loved I am. And then I live out of that overflow. Because when you realize that you, you're loved, I think a theologian named, an author named Ruth Haley Barton, she said, the more you realize how loved you are with all your rough edges, your brokenness, and all of, you're so loved, then all of a sudden you look at everybody else and you realize they're the beloved too. And this overflow happens, right? And you go, oh my goodness, you're so loved. And there's a security that comes. One of my defining um, moments for as far as um, identity came, I was a youth pastor at a church for a long time, for five years. And uh, that's pretty long as a youth pastor. And uh, I took a year off to go do an internship program. I'm in Vancouver. I took a year off to go down to Seattle to do an internship Bible school program. And, uh, and I was planning on going back to the church and continuing as a youth pastor. I was only half-time youth pastor when I left. And, and in May, right near the end of the school year, uh, this was in 2005, so this is about 13 years ago, I remember I was like, I heard the church wanted to hire a full-time youth pastor. And I said, oh, you guys, I said, hey, like, I won't, like, I want to do that. And this is what they said. They said, oh, and I'd been the youth pastor there for five years, right? And then they helped pay for me to go to this internship program. And I was like, they said, they said we're hiring a full-time. I said, you're fine. And they said, they said, I said, oh, I want to do that. They said, oh. And they, they were kind of, I'm like, oh, the oh said so much. It rattled me. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, you don't want me to be the youth pastor? I've been your youth pastor for five years. What are you talking about? And it really rattled me to the core. And then what happened is I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? And they said, well, yeah, you can apply for the job. And it had already been my job for years, but now it's this full-time position. They said, you can apply for my job. So it rattled me. You, have you ever had a moment in life where the thing you've been attaching your identity to kind of gets rattled and taken from you? My good friend Paul, he was a, a, an incredible soccer player, uh, captain of the team in university, ended up playing professional soccer, tears his ACL, recovers from that, and it just shakes him to the core, right? Because what am I going to do? This is, my, this is what I've always wanted to do. He, get, he finally gets another contract playing for a professional team in Cleveland, and, uh, and he tears his other, other ACL. And, and everything about his identity was shaken to the core. Me, same thing. I'm like, wait, I'm not, if I'm not the youth pastor at Hillside, that was a church, Hillside Community Church, who am I? And it rocked me to the core. Maybe it's you're like super smart and you get like a concussion or something. And all of a sudden it's like your identity, whatever it is, there's those moments in life where it's taken from you. And then who are you? I remember we were in a morning worship time because it was a kind of a Bible school program and we were in a morning worship time. And it was probably an old Hillsong United song. Remember that song like uh, uh, where it goes, you hold the universe, you hold. But it would, then when you listen to the recording, it sounds like he's saying you are the universe. Does anybody remember the Hillsong United? Uh, you are the universe. I'm like, 
saying hold or what's he saying right there? And then you read it in a church service and you go, oh, R, you hold, no, not R, you hold. You hold the universe. I was probably a song like that. I'm worshiping and this, then this thought, this, I think it was a God thought, this God question came to my heart and mind. And the question was, or the, uh, the, what came to my mind was, ask me who you are. And it was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I'm pretty sure this is God bringing this idea, this thought to my mind. I'm not always sure, but I was like, well, this, I'm pretty sure this is God. Ask me who you are. So I say, just a prayer, I'm just standing there in this worship time, and I kind of go, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, mentally prayed, okay, who am I? And uh, this thought came, you're not the youth pastor at Hillside. And I was like, what? This is right in the middle of, of feeling rattled. I was like, what? And then this thought came, next thought was, you're not a preacher. And I was like, what? Like, I love preaching. The first time I got to preach, I, uh, I, I thought of that line from the, this guy from the Chariots of Fire. He used to say, when I run, I, from that movie, he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. When I proclaim God, who he is, what he's like, talk about faith, I just feel, I just, it's the best thing ever. And that's like a little bit separate from, also, I love being the center of attention. It's, but it, and there's some overlap there. You can understand there's overlap, but there's a good part of it, and there's a, maybe an ego part. The ego part I try to kill, and like, Right, that was for the guys. I did that the other day, and my wife said, why are you killing things? It's so violent. I'm sorry, but that's a good thing to do to your ego. But there's, but there's this overlap, and, and so he said, you're not a preacher. And I was confused. I'm this, this thought comes, you're not a preacher. No, I, I am a preacher. And then this phrase came, you're not a superstar Christian. And then I started to go, oh, okay, I think I see where you're going. Because that, I, you know, it's like, would I ever admit that I want to be a superstar Christian? Only to myself, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like this, I mean, you're not, but this phrase, you're not, you're not youth pastor at Hillside. You're not, you're not a preacher. I'm confused. You're not a superstar Christian. Then I go, oh, wait, I think I know where you're going. You're saying, I'm, I shouldn't attach my identity to those things. It's something more important, something deeper. And I said, who am I? And he says, you're obedient son. And, and that was, what year did I say that? 2005, that was 2005. And I kind of got it. He's saying, this is who you are. This is the most important part of who you are. And I love that phrase, son. It captures so much of it. I started to realize it as my friends started having kids and I had nieces and nephews. I'm like, they're just loved. My, my sisters did a time capsule thing where they made a time capsule for their kids and they get to open it, I think, when they're 18 or 16. And I just wrote a note to Christian, my nephew. I said, hey, you're loved. Like, I don't even know you. You have all the good things you've done, all the bad things you've done. You're just, you're loved. You're so loved already because you're my son. So when, as parents, you get this. There's, nothing, there's, there's almost nothing that your kids could do, and hopefully nothing that they could do that would separate them from your love. They're loved. And so it was, God said to my heart, you're obedient son. The obedient part was like, what? I'm not very obedient. <laughs> I love disobeying. <laughs> like I don't love the idea of disobeying. But just in the moment, it seems like the evidence would show that I love disobeying. I, and, but God's just saying, no, this is who you are. This is your identity. Man, I'm thinking about that, that phrase, obedient son, as we're singing these songs about uh, get out on the water. You know, it's like, follow me. You'll call me out on the water. And that, that, what was that line about the, no fear? I don't have fear at all. I wish I did. I remember the words, the song. Where's the worship team? You know that. We'll sing it. You know it. 
singing another Sunday. But it's like, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to follow. I'm not going to be afraid. You call me out on the waves. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be dancing in the deep. Remember that song, Dan- that line, dancing in the deep? That was a cool line, hey? Know that, know what that reminds me of? is Ephesians 3, where it says, I pray that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge. I always think of the ocean. And then I think of Kim Walker-Smith. There was this YouTube recording. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. For this song called Oh How He Loves. And she goes, if grace were an ocean, we're all sinking. And then she goes, <laughs> And she laughs. You guys, has anybody seen that recording? Only, only three of you. Guys, can you put it on? You need to take notes right now. You need to write this down. How He Loves, Kim Walker-Smith. Is that what it's called? Is that the song? Christian? Yeah. Kim Walker-Smith, How He Loves. You're not writing it down. What are you doing? Write it. You should be opening YouTube right now as I'm talking. This song is so good. She just starts proclaiming about the love of God, the love of God, da, da, da. And then she starts singing this, Grace, we're in ocean, we're all sinking. <laughs> and then I saw that line, I'm like, we're dancing in the deep. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> And the other part in the Ephesians prayer, back to Ephesians prayer, Ephesians 3, you know what it says? It says, that, it says that we would know the height and depth and breadth and width of this love of God. Right? And I always just, think, just picture drowning in love. Just that my heart, we need to be more convinced this time next year that we are so, so loved. I want to bounce you through a few different scriptures. And uh, that, that, because I think that the, what happens is, is when the Holy Spirit fills our hearts, when we have an encounter with God by His Spirit, that love is, is one of the number one things He's trying to do. And there's an overflow in how you feel about yourself, your confidence to obey, your willingness to obey. And the, the overflow also, then, you, like I already mentioned, you look at other people differently. I think also what it's done, doing for me, especially in this, this time and this season of life, is I feel like way more confident to try to talk about my faith. I just am like, I just, I'm thinking about how I want to live and what kind of person I want to be. And I'm, like, sometimes we leave evangelism, so to speak, or sharing our faith to the experts and the extroverts. You know what I mean? We just leave it to the extroverts and the experts. And I am an extrovert, but I don't feel like an expert. No, actually, I am. I'm a paid professional evangelist with Alpha. We're an evangelistic organization. So shoot, I'm both of those. But this is crazy, but I still struggle with it. It makes me nervous. And I'm like, how am I going to fit this into my own life in a way that, that connects with my personality, but also that is not giving room to fear? I just don't want fear. I want perfect love to drive out fear. I want the water, like in the sink, to just take the chunkies out of the old pot. The image for me is salsa. I love chips and salsa. I don't know, sometimes there's at a party, there's, you want, and do I dump it, and then there's a chunky stuck, and it's spiraling. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right, and spiraling, and then the water finally and it flies out. I just want the, the Holy Spirit in, and the chunkies out. <laughs> Come on, church. <laughs> You're taking notes, write that down. Holy Spirit in, chunkies out. <laughs> Just a few verses to bounce through, okay? Because it's about the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with their love and there's an overflow. So one of them is uh, Acts 2, first scene, the Holy Spirit's poured out. And it says that all of them there were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now what you watch happen is the same people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in a dramatic, powerful way on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is you look two chapters later in Acts chapter 4 and the same people, it says, they just been, a couple of the guys had just been arrested for talking about Jesus. Think about that. Arrested for talking about Jesus. Then let go and told not to talk about Jesus, but they said, hey, we're going to have to keep talking because we have to obey God, not you. They, get, they go back to the church, the early church, the disciples, and they said, and they, it says they told them what happened, and then they prayed. And one of their prayers, I think I have it. Uh, uh, I think we've got it on the screen. Acts 4, 19, or is that what it is? Do we have that one? Uh, no, that's Corinthians. Yeah, let's keep going. Next one. Is there other verses? 
Yeah, this is their prayer. This is their prayer, 29, that's what it is. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It goes on to say, after they prayed, the place where they were filled meeting, where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Sometimes what happens when the Holy Spirit fills our hearts is we, if there's power, sometimes the room feels like it's shaking, and we go out and speak the word of God boldly. I love that. So these, but this is the interesting thing is the same people who are filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 are then filled with the Holy Spirit again in Acts chapter 4. It reminds me of Ephesians 5.18 that says, don't get drunk with wine. I think we have that verse too. It says, don't get drunk with wine. That leads to debauchery. And I don't know what debauchery is, but it sounds really bad. And I've seen the evidence in my own family, in my own life, that drunkenness often leads to really bad the inhibitions and the decision, it's just like, uh-oh, that's, yeah, it's de- debauchery. I don't know, is that, do we have that one too? Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And then look what it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. It kind of just says, hey, just, just, not wine, the Spirit, be filled. Now here's what's interesting about this word, be filled with the Spirit. It's in the present continuous tense. What does that mean? Like the verb in the original language, I think it was written in Greek, it was a letter to the, is this Ephesians? Yeah, Ephesians, so Ephesus, that's Turkey, so he's, Paul's writing a bunch of turkeys, and, uh, um, and that's a little turkey, Turkish joke, um, and he's writing to his friends, he's saying, listen, he's saying, go on being filled, so when I think of that word, be filled with the Spirit, it's not be filled, it's not like done, it's, it's, it's similar to the phrases like uh, run the race of faith. Or it's really similar to the phrase, love one another. Those aren't things you go, run the race of faith. You're like, done. Like this week, check, did it, it's over. I don't need to run the race of faith. I already ran that race. Love one another. It's like, no, that's something we're called to all the way through. We're called to love one another continually. And that's the idea behind this verse is be filled with the Spirit. In Romans 5, 5, another awesome verse about the Spirit, it says that hope doesn't disappoint us. It says, because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he's given us. And so we got the band coming back up here. I, want, I actually, band, I want to, you can come and hang out. But I'd love to pray together today as we end. But I think we'll start without the musicians. Sorry I didn't warn you beforehand, okay? So you came out, and I didn't, I didn't say, but you're out here, so we'll all do it together. We'll hang out together. But I don't want music just yet, because I'm wondering if we could pray together. And I want to pray for a few things. I want us just to pray that God's Spirit would fill our hearts. And then the other thing I want us to pray is if you, I want to give anyone a chance here, we'll pray for a few things along the way, but if anyone here, you want to give it, uh, you want a chance today to surrender your life to God, to commit your life to Christ. I had the chance just on uh, Thursday night to uh, stand with a guy named, a kid named Walker. He's in his last year of high school and he came up to me after this, we were at a, a worship service similar to this and he says, we start talking and he said, I said, hey, have you ever given your life to Christ? And he goes, no. I said, well, we should do that. And, and he, goes, he goes, yeah. I'm like, you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, I want to. And I said, okay. And then I was about to lead him in a prayer. Like, I was about to say, hey, pray this. And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know what he knows. So I was like, okay, just, just pray, man. Surrender. Give your life to God. Give, receive Jesus' forgiveness. You pray. So I said, is that all right? He goes, he's kind of like nervous looking at me like, okay. So we're standing there together. We kind of bowed our heads. And he just prays this prayer of surrender. It was awesome. He just says, God, I give you my life. I surrender to you. I commit every, I want to follow you. I want to know you. 
I receive your forgiveness. He started like repeating lines because he's like, there was this passion in his heart. I, was, I give it to you. I give it to you. I surrender. I was like, this is awesome. Anyhow, that was just distracting me because if you want to do that today, why don't I give you that opportunity? Because you are so loved. You're so loved. God, if, if we're able, if you're able, would you stand with me today? And we'll, I just want us to pray without the music just for a couple minutes here. And I'd love for this atmosphere to be just relaxed. Uh, and oftentimes in prayer times like this, uh, I like to use my hands as a symbol of my heart. That's why when I'm worshiping too, I throw my hands in the air. Uh, some, sometimes I'll put my hand on my heart or just open in front of me. As it just, as a rep- it's just kind of like the opposite of, you know what I mean? Like the opposite of just crossing your arms and being like, I'm not about this at all. So if you want, you could open up your hands or put a hand on your heart. You don't have to. Uh, but what I'd love to do is I want to pray this prayer, um, come Holy Spirit, and, and I'm just going to fill in the blank. Now, the Holy Spirit, God's already here by his Spirit. So when I'm praying, come Holy Spirit, it's and, fill our hearts. Let us be aware of your presence. Let us sense your incredible love for us, things like that. And then we'll just wait in silence if that's all right. Why don't we do that now? So God, again, we turn our attention to you. And we pray that, that, that prayer that Christians have been praying for years, thousands of years. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts. Pour out your love. We stand in your presence. We say thank you for your incredible forgiveness that, Jesus, you made a way that we could talk to the Father that there's nothing separating us because of your incredible love for us and your sacrifice on the cross. So come fill our hearts. Let's just wait. A couple things that came to mind as we were worshiping uh, earlier was one is um, Mike last week talked about uh, being under pressure and this that the anxiety and depression maybe in hopelessness and I just felt on my heart thought I thought this idea came to me like oh maybe we could pray for that again and so the, the cool thing is that might be a God thought and God might meet us again and lift our spirits again and so I wonder if you, if you say, I would love for God to help lift my spirit and give me hope and that peace be still in the middle of the chaos, if you're saying, I need more of that right now in my life, would, could, would, would you be so bold as just to throw your hand up right now? If you say, here's a bunch of us. And then if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, keep your hand up, keep your hand up for a sec. It, could you actually, I would love if you, if you fell up for it, just to go and put a hand on the shoulder of these people, maybe guys with guys, girls with girls if possible. Look around, don't be shy. And just right now, could you just go and put a hand on their shoulder and just pray a, pray a prayer, pray a, a, pray a simple prayer of faith. Put your hand up until someone's praying for you. Thank you, God. Meet them, Holy Spirit. A couple more hands over here, guys. If some people of faith would come and and put a hand on their shoulders over here. Thanks. And here as well. Yeah, please. God, we ask that your spirit would impart hope to these right now. 
that they would sense your hope lifting their spirits. They would sense your hope in uh, what they thought before was hopeless situations. Bring hope and peace. Bring peace, God. And we, we pray a prayer of blessing and even a, um, we reject the work of the enemy by the power of Jesus Christ. We ask for miraculous healing. We thank you for medicine, but we also ask for miraculous healing. We ask that you, the Prince of Peace, would bring peace to these anxious hearts and minds. And you need to surrender. Surrender that to God again. Be open to his work. Thank you, God. Excuse me, what's this guy right here? What's your name? Don? Don, I'd love for everyone to pray for you because I just, as we were worshiping, I just saw you worshiping and I just, just sensed like the joy of the Lord over you. And I said this, um, and this might be a God thought and you can see if it resonates, but either way, it's a good prayer for you. This idea of, of even more freedom, like God's brought you to a measure of freedom and there's gonna be more increasing freedom in your life. And so is that church, can we, can we pray for Don, you said? Don, let's, let's pray. And if Don's family or friends are around, come. Just it's okay to move a little bit. Let's come over and bless Don. If you, if you come over and are a few prayer leaders, this guy's trying to get out. Uh, yeah, come over and let's put a hand on Don's shoulder. God, we thank you for Don right now. And Holy Spirit, we do ask. Oh, is that a birthday? It's your birthday? That's so funny. He's got a little badge on that says birthday boy. Did you, did you wear that yourself? Your wife made you... Oh, that's hilarious, Don. I, didn't, I swear I didn't see the birthday badge, but Jesus loves you on your birthday. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we just pray, church? God, right now for Don, we do ask for a blessing. Fill his heart, Holy Spirit. Fill his mind. God, we ask for an increase of your freedom in his life. As we were singing that song, who the sun sets free will be free indeed, we ask that increasing measures of freedom in Don's life. Freedom from, uh, from hurts, habits, and addictions. Hurt, all of it, God, bring freedom. Bring freedom. God, I, I even sense the, to pray a blessing over your path ahead, that there's increasing freedom in decisions you're making, in, uh, in yeah, just the path that God's going to bless the the, the next year, the next few weeks and months of your life. God, we ask for that blessing. Increase freedom on this birthday boy today. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Don, let's talk a little bit more after, too. Uh, and then, guys, one more thing. And, Ben, you can start playing now. We're going to do that song again, uh, uh, Reckless Love, right? Can we do that one? I, guys, you know that song? Have you ever heard that one? It's the best. I love that song. I love singing, screaming the O. Oh! Like, I just love screaming it. Uh, and if you're new to church or the Bible, you might not be familiar with some of the, the, I love those imagery. And it talks about how he'll leave the 99, right? He'll leave the 99. That's just a reference to how God will, a shepherd will leave the 99 sheep and go find the one if one's missing. That's how much he cares for us, the shepherd. And, and then he, even if you're a lost son, he's going to welcome you home. A lost daughter, he's going to welcome you home. Um, uh, one more thing that I want you to surrender to God as we worship too is if you're holding any unforgiveness in your heart. I think there might be some people here who are holding unforgiveness in your heart and just, you gotta let it go. Ask God to help you. You gotta let it go. It's hurting you more than it's hurting the other person. And because we're forgiven, we forgive. Because we're loved, we love. And so, and that's the best motivation. 
So Father, help us with our unforgiveness. Help us to have open hands and to trust you. We trust judgment into your hands. Bring healing to our hearts, God. Thank you, God. And one more prayer with our eyes closed. If you are here today and you say, I, would, I wanna surrender my life to God. Maybe you haven't done that before. I wanna give, commit my life to Christ. I wanna give you that chance. With everybody's eyes closed, just out of, as a sign of respect, would you maybe just lift your eyes and lift your hand and just let me know? And I'll lead you in a prayer. If you wanna surrender your life to God right now, would you just lift your eyes and wave a hand at me just so I can see? Awesome. Anybody else? Okay, a couple people, great. And I just want to pray a simple prayer of surrender. And you can uh, echo it in your heart. Or you can do like my friend Walker did the other day. Just pray a prayer of surrender. Receive his forgiveness for you because of the cross. Call Jesus Lord. Say, God, you're God. I'm not. But you can grab a hold of these words too. God, I surrender my life to you. I want to follow you. Thank you for your great mercy and forgiveness in my life. I receive it. Thank you for your great love for me. Help me to live in response. Help me to get to know you more. Amen.